0: The just shall live by faith. It's an important concept, and we're going to talk about it next on Abounding Grace. Hello again and welcome to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We'll be visiting Hebrews chapter 10 and Romans chapter 1 today and are reminded of four things every person deals with in life. And I should add, they are satisfied by the gospel message. I think you'll find it helpful as you share the good news with those you encounter.
1: Would you take your Bibles and open them to Romans chapter 1 and Hebrews chapter 10? We're in a verse-by-verse study in the book of Hebrews, and we're going to finish off the chapter today, Hebrews chapter 10. But before we get there, I want to start in Romans chapter 1 in a Bible study that I've entitled, Life is from Faith to Faith. And if we had a longer title, it would be Life is from Faith to Faith and not from Faith to Works. And that's an important concept to learn that the just shall live by faith. Notice with me in chapter 1 of Romans, verse 16. It says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The gospel is from God. It's the good news that your sins can be forgiven. And you know, salvation is a full package. When God saves a person through his son, Jesus Christ, they are completely saved. Think about this for yourself today. If you are in Christ, you have been saved from the power of sin, which is the work of sanctification in your life. Secondly, you've been saved from the penalty of sin, and that's the justification of God in your life. And then finally, you are saved from the presence of sin, which is our future glorification. You can look forward to a day of being in the presence of God and not having to deal with sin anymore. And as with any gift, salvation is just simply to be received. You just accept gifts. You appreciate gifts. You don't work for them. You don't try to earn them. You just take them. And you thank the gift giver. It's almost like God is saying, I know that sin has damaged your life. I know it's destroyed you. I know it's hurt and harm you. But I offer you life. And that life is in my son, Jesus Christ. As the Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 4, it says, I, In him, speaking of Jesus, was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. But the darkness did not comprehend it. Notice back in verse 16, Paul, when he thinks of the gospel, he says, I'm not ashamed of it. It's not something that brings shame to my life. I'm excited about it. Why? Because it's the power of God to salvation. And notice the next two words, for everyone. The gospel is for everyone. I know there are some that teach that the gospel is only for one particular class of people. Or one particular group of people. But the Bible teaches otherwise. That's a doctrine of man. The doctrine of God is that Jesus Christ has died and made available the forgiveness of sin for everyone. And anyone who believes experiences new life and is born again. The gospel is for all who believe. Not just certain groups of people. The Bible is filled with whoever's and everyone's all throughout the Bible. Let me read a few to you. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 50, it says, Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus says in John chapter 4, verse 13, Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst. And the water I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. How about this one, John chapter 11, verse 26. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? How about John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And I like it in the old King James. It's not whoever, it's whosoever. And aren't you glad that the gospel goes out to whosoever? Will believe. It goes out to anyone and everyone. And whoever believes experiences new life. So, for anyone, for everyone, for whoever will believe, and he noticed he puts it into the category for the Jew first. Jesus Christ fulfilled over 300 predictive prophecies of the coming Savior, Messiah, all throughout the Old Testament. By the time Jesus came, they were rebuked for not recognizing who he was. As they anticipate the coming Messiah, as the Bible says, they rejected him. And so the salvation is for the Jew, but it's also for the non-Jew. And that's really what's being said here. It's all for the Jew first, but it's also for us, for the Greek, for the Gentile. If you believe, you'll not perish. If you don't believe, you'll perish. You see, you don't pay for salvation. You don't earn it. You don't merit it. You simply receive it. How do you receive it? Well, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus came preaching a message of repentance, and repentance is essential. It's a recognition of your distance and separation from God because of sin, because of your failures in life. And when you recognize your distance, you turn away from your sinful behavior. That idea of turning away is the Bible word repentance. When you repent, the very next breath of your thought life, the very next words out of your mouth is, I repent and believe. I trust God. I trust God with my life. I place my faith in Jesus Christ. Now, as you're sharing the good news of Jesus with others, I wanna remind you of four things that every single person deals with in life. It doesn't matter what country they're in, what language they live, how successful they might be, how prosperous they might be, how poor they might be. Every human being deals with these four issues apart from Jesus Christ. Four issues that are met and satisfied by the gospel message. And there are four things you can remember by remembering the word self. And we're going to use the word self because everyone has to deal with their selves. We're going to remember them by using the word self. S-E-L-F. So if you're taking notes, let's start with the S. Every person deals with this issue of security. Security. Everyone has a need to be loved and accepted. No matter what a person looks like on the outside, no matter how they present themselves, there is a deep need on the inside for love and acceptance, which is one of the reasons many people seek relationship after relationship after relationship, looking to fill this deep hole in their heart for security. And the gospel... There's only one way that that need for security is met, and it's through the gospel. A real relationship with Jesus Christ. You are, as a believer in Jesus, you are safe and secure in Christ. Number two, everyone deals with the sense of wondering about, and the E is, eternity. Eternity. People struggle with this question. Where do I go after I die? Or even more general, what happens or what will happen to me after I die? And they may not always think about it, but there are those times where mortality, their own mortality, they come face to face with it. For example, a a brother called me this week, earlier this week, he's a church planter. He's just about ready to plant a church. And he was presented with an invitation to do a memorial service for a very difficult situation. And he called for a couple of uh, points of insight and, and help on what, how he might be able to enter. And I gave him two main play, points of insight. I gave him two pieces of advice. Number one, as difficult as the situation is, I encouraged him, don't let the situation itself stumble you. Don't let it change you from being a messenger of the gospel, which leads to number two, and that is when you are overseeing and officiating a memorial, don't ever forget you're speaking to the living, not to the dead. And they are thinking about life and death issues. And this is your opportunity to remind them of the hope of Jesus Christ and the encouragement that comes not just through life and the difficulty of death, But maybe for you today, the Lord's reminding you, it's not just life and death, because God, he adds resurrection. And where there is death by faith in Jesus Christ, there is also hope in the resurrection. Everyone deals with these thoughts. Even as you are reminded of it today, you're reminded of the good news of the gospel. You see, the gospel addresses this issue of eternity by offering eternal life and offering a security of eternal life. Thirdly is the letter L, S-E-L. And the L stands for loneliness, loneliness. Hey, everyone deals with loneliness deep down, apart from Christ. Even those of us who believers sometimes deal with loneliness, but apart from Jesus Christ, it is possible to be surrounded by hundreds and thousands of people and still have a profound sense of loneliness and isolation. Even more so in these days as they're doing studies on social media where you have now new categories and fake categories of friendships and follow and unfollow and all of this stuff that you can be surrounded with so much information and so many so-called friends and still be profoundly lonely. But God has solved our loneliness issue where Jesus addresses it and says, I will come to you, I will dwell with you, and I will never leave or forsake you. The gospel deals with loneliness. And then finally, the F stands for feelings, feelings of guilt. Feelings of guilt are very important to remember that people deal with them because being born into sin brings a lot of guilt. Being born into sin brings a lot of guilt into a person's life, and it's a burden that gets heavier every day that passes. And so some people choose to ignore it, Some people have tried to drown it. Some people have gone so far that they've seared their own conscience, but guilt is a real issue. Now, if somebody's trying to use guilt to manipulate you, that is not from God. But I'll tell you, God does use guilt to remind you of your lost condition. The only answer to the guilt that's in your life is to have your sins forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. And God does a death blow to our guilt. And all of these are answers. So whether you're sharing the gospel with your neighbor, the person that just moved in in the condo next door, or you're sharing the gospel with your coworker, or with your boss, or with your mom, or your grandma, everyone's dealing with these issues. And the gospel will address every single issue in a person's life. It is a whole package. You were saved, you are saved, and you will be saved Because it's God that does the work. This is the offer that God gives to us. And Paul says, I'm not ashamed of it. Because notice in verse 17 in Romans, it says, in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Because it's written that the just shall live by faith. So now God reveals a righteousness in the gospel. Do you know in order to get into heaven, if you needed a key or a ticket to get into heaven, do you know what that key or ticket would be? What God requires from you and me in order to be in his presence is righteous perfection. Let's take the Bible word out for a second and just key on the word perfection. God requires perfection. Now, I'm sure that if I asked for a raising hand, are there any perfect people here? There would be one or two wise guys or gals that would say, I'm sort of perfect. Well, you're not perfect. So you didn't make it. You've made a mistake. And just telling me you're sort of perfect was another mistake, so you're not in. You're not getting in. And then you add to it the requirement of God. It's not just perfect in our actions, but it's perfect righteousness. That means you've never sinned your entire life. But the Bible teaches, and we don't even need the Bible to teach us, but the Bible teaches us that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But we don't even need the Bible because we have our spouse to tell us that we have made mistakes. We have our kids. We have little mistakes that we gave birth to in our house or adopted. We're surrounded by friends and family to remind us that we are not perfect. Not even close to being righteously perfect. It's in the gospel that righteousness is revealed. And how is righteousness revealed? In the person of Jesus Christ. Righteousness is in a person. So that now, when you turn away from your sins and you repent, there's a great exchange that takes place. It's the righteousness of Jesus in exchange for your unrighteousness. That's the ticket. You aren't going to get in. You're not going to come into heaven and say, well, here I am. I'm almost perfect, God. How far will you let me in? No, no. The ticket isn't almost perfect. The ticket isn't partially righteous. The ticket isn't, the key isn't, look at all of the good deeds that I've done. Look at what a good person I've been. You know, we all think we're good people. When we look at ourselves, we think the best. But oftentimes we see the worst in others. We we think, well, we've got all, look at all the good deeds that I have done. But the Bible doesn't say we live by good deeds. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. Faith. They came to Jesus and said, what must I do to do the works of God? That's a great question to ask. What must I do to do the works of God? What's going to make me uh, right with God? What, what is it, what's going to make me in a right relationship with God, Jesus? And Jesus said very simply, believe on the one whom he sent. Believe on me. Because it, the Bible describes our good deeds w- with a phrase. S- some of you might know this passage in Isaiah chapter 64, where the Bible describes all of our good deeds. Listen to what it says, Isaiah 64 verse 6. But we are all like an unclean thing, and all of our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. We will all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. All of our good deeds, or as the Bible says, all of our righteousnesses, everything we have to offer to God are like filthy rags. Now, the original Language of the Hebrew, that phrase filthy rags would refer to used minstrel cloths. But I've got another illustration for you that will be a little more acceptable than thinking that through in our minds. But let me just say this. The Bible doesn't mess around and tells us the truth about who we are, the truth about who God is, so that we understand that even if we brought the best that we have, it's like filthy rags. But let's say I sent somebody down to the nursery and said, did any of the kids drop a load? (laughs) And so we've got a little thing there. Sure, here's five diapers. So they bring up five dirty diapers filled with poo. Because that's what the load is. They're filled with poo. And I put them up here. One, two, three, four, five. And I say the best thing that you could possibly have, the best deed that you can have, God sees it like these dirty diapers. And there's nothing you can do about them. They're dirty and nasty. And that's why they have disposable diapers. You throw a dirty diaper away, you don't keep it. You get it out. Even, you know, some of you parents, you're so funny. You have stuff that I didn't have as a parent. And you guys spend all this money for the fancy, no-smell diaper container. It's remote control. You use it on your phone. You put them down. And you know what? It doesn't work your house smells like dirty diapers. Because your kids are dropping loads all the time. That's just the way it is. The best thing to do with a dirty diaper is, A, get it off the kid, two, wipe and wipe, wipe the kid, and then, and then wrap that thing up and get it outside. You don't keep it. You don't stack it up in your kid's room. You, you don't keep it for, you don't put a trophy case of your kid's best dirty diapers. Look, this, look at what he, look what he did. This is the best one he's ever done. I mean, you can't do, you can't, a dirty diaper is a dirty diaper. I don't care what you spray on it. I don't care what essential oil you buy. It doesn't matter what you diffuse in your house. A dirty diaper stinks. You guys get the illustration your good deeds are like those dirty diapers before a holy and a righteous god they merit nothing nothing just because you have less dirty diapers than someone else or you have more than someone else we're all in equal place in need of a perfect righteousness. The gospel reveals that. It's a perfect righteousness. It's revealed by God. And the only way to access it is by faith. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10 now. Hebrews chapter 10. We touched on this briefly last time, but let's finish off beginning in verse 35. Our righteousness before God are like dirty diaper. We can't come. They're filthy rags. We're an unclean thing. We need a righteousness outside of ourselves. One that comes from Jesus Christ himself. When we step into the righteous one, we're accepted and we're given confidence. Notice verse 35, Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance. If you were with us last time, you've already circled this word. If you haven't, do it now. Circle the word endurance and right next to it, hoopomone. That's the Greek word here. It's a very strong word that speaks of bearing up under the load or under the pressure. That's what you have need of. You have need to endure and not give up. And don't quit. God is with you. He is inside of you. And you, by faith, will steady on. And he will strengthen you along the way. You have need of endurance so that after you've done the will of God, you'll receive the promise. Don't throw away your confidence. Don't cast away the confidence that God has given to you. What do you need? You need endurance. Because as you do the will of God, then the promise comes. Verse 37. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry, but the just shall live, say it with me, by faith. I want you guys to leave With this truth, the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. So verse 35, don't cast away your confidence. It has great reward. You have needed endurance because after you do the will of God, there's great reward coming. Faith is the key that unlocks your relationship with God. And everybody believes in something and someone, everybody. Even, when, even those that say, I believe in nothing, believe in something because they believe in nothing. Everybody has a belief.
0: Today on Abounding Grace, we've been in Hebrews with Pastor Ed Taylor. If you joined us late or would just like to hear the message again, drop by AboundingGraceRadio.com. Another way to listen to Pastor Ed is through the app. It's free. Just search for Calvary Church or Ed Taylor. And we're also on Apple Podcasts. Pastor Ed, our featured resource is a book from a friend in the ministry titled The Jesus Style. What can you tell us about it?
1: Larry, this is one of the resources that I really want to see in people's hands. It's by Gail Irwin, a familiar man, pastor around Calvary Chapel, and I remember hearing him for the very first time. He has a unique way of communicating, and the book that he wrote and the corresponding studies that he teaches with it really helps us understand teaching from the perspective of Jesus, which is very different, I think, in many ways, is how he's being portrayed, uh, and this is an essential. You want to learn how to serve. You want to learn how the you know as we were taught the way up is down. How to live a life of humility. This is the book uh, for many of you. If you've never heard of Gail Irwin, you should. It is a great addition. Uh, whether you get it from us or you get it from him or you support the ministry, just get it. Let it be a part of your toolbox in serving Jesus in these last days, you will not regret picking up this resource.
0: Call 877-30-GRACE. And don't forget to request The Jesus Style. That's 877-30-GRACE. You can also order it online at calvaryco.store. That's calvaryco.store. Pastor Ed always enjoys hearing from his listeners. Even just a quick hello means a lot. To request prayer, ask a question, or to let us know what God is up to in your life, email us through the website at aboundinggraceradio.com. We continue to meet in person here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Make plans to join us Saturdays at 6 p.m., Sundays at 8.45 and 10.45 in the morning. Study the Word in the middle of the week, too, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. You can also live stream us at calvaryco.church. And then be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor next time for more teaching from the book of Hebrews. That's right here on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace.